two, three, hit me. Are you ready? Yep. You're ready. Hello, and welcome to the Life with Adam and Others podcast. This podcast is dedicated to inspire listeners to become great at what you do. I interview individuals and we talk about their life and the things they do to become successful. I hope this inspires you. Are you ready? Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Episode six podcast. Make some noise. Make some noise. If you're in the car, on the toilet, working out or on the couch, make some noise for the Life with Adam and Others podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I have somebody super just just special she's just amazing first female solo guest on the show put your hands together put your hands together i know we got a a nice little female audience and hopefully our female audience will grow after we get her story on the podcast she is a sister a daughter a friend a loud encourager and everyone's best cheerleader ladies and gentlemen boys and girls put your hands together for my sister, Kalindi Cordero. <laughs> yeah, Kalindi, what is up? What is up? What's up, Adam? How are you? I'm good. I just got my coffee shake. So I'm I'm ready to rock. What's what's going on with you, Miss Arkansas? <laughs> I'm good. I got my smoothie king. <laughs> I got my coffee mocha drink too. So we're on the same page. Ah, uh, heck yeah, we're we're ready. We're ready to rock and roll. So, uh, Kalindi, I'm a, I'm I'm gonna call you Cal. Is that okay? Yes, it's a nickname. So perfect. Cal, <laughs> man, thank you so much for wanting to get on this podcast. Like, ah, this is awesome. We we uh, you know, like like you said earlier, we haven't. So so for those of you who are listening, Kalindi, she is Aaron's brother's girlfriend so shout out zane shout out zane yeah shout out zane (laughs) yeah so kalindi just tell us a little bit about yourself like who you are what you've done just just like what school you're going to yeah for sure okay so my name is kalindi i am currently 22 years old i am a senior at the university of arkansas Um, So I'll be graduating this May. I am studying journalism with a focus in advertising and public relations, and I'm minoring in Spanish. So it's been really fun and really scary that I'm graduating in May. Um, It's it's just surreal. Um, And time goes by so, so fast. But um, some fun facts about me. I am vegetarian. I've been a vegetarian my whole life. So that's been super fun. Awesome. Um, and I love it. I love the animals. Um, but mainly was a vegetarian just for religious reasons with my mom because my mom was born in India. So my dad and my mom made a compromise. And she was like, if you let me raise the girls vegetarian, you can raise them as Christians. And my dad was like, great. Sounds good. Uh, so <laughs> that's what happened. Um, that's a great so, trade-off. Yeah, it was a really great trade-off. So you're so you're pursuing a major in journalism, advertising. What, what made you go that route are you just a big are you like are you just a great writer or because i love to talk and i love to dialogue but i i do not like writing but if i write i get my i get my full expression out on paper yes yes okay i agree completely yeah so i did journalism because i do love to write um didn't want to go into (laughs) newspaper because i was like uh the newspaper is dying which is so sad and makes me really sad um so i was like i don't want to do that and broadcast i definitely loved to be the star of the show when i was a little kid i did theater Uh so i was like my parents were like oh my gosh broadcast would be a perfect fit but i didn't really want to do that either and so my mom worked for png procter and gamble for 30 years so Mm. i got to see her rule as a powerful female woman in the marketing world. And I was just like, I want to do what my mom does. Um, so the ad PR background kind of fit perfect for me. And I'm very writing focused, but I also am a huge creative. So it's been a really good balance for me. I'm not like graphic design artsy, but I'm also not like full on English yeah. major. So it's just been like a perfect fit for me. Um, while I've been in college. So that's been really, really cool. Well, good. Yeah. You, you, I mean, your, your Instagram is, is popping, man. I mean, you always have, 
really yeah. cool, cool <laughs> photos. It's just, it, it has that like girl that just like so nice, pretty, organized. Oh, thank just, you. <laughs> just, 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 just girl, like cool Instagram. My social media expertise, that is my specialty, actually. That has kind of been my love through the internships I've had. Um, I got into social media marketing my freshman year and then found a love for it. Just connecting with people online and telling people's stories through photos. And I love, love, love photography. So I've been doing a lot of freelance work too. So I felt like social media was something that kind of put all my loves into one. Uh, And so I was just like, Oh, how fun I want to do this. And so that's actually what I'm looking into after I graduate some social media marketing positions for marketing agencies or nonprofit because nonprofits where my heart's at. So um, it's go. been fun, but yeah, I, I love it. Social media is a fun time for me. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I know you're going to kill it. Like everything you, you, you put your hand on, it seems like it just explodes. And I saw this, uh, I was creeping on your Instagram before the show and, uh, I saw you have this bike post Yes, and man, could you, I, I love getting super real on yes. this show. I love, Me I, too. love <laughs> I, I, I love for people's stories to be told. And if you wouldn't mind, like, I don't know where we're going to go, but, um, okay, we're talking about the bike, but I want to talk about like, yeah, yeah, let's go there. I want to talk about what inspired you to, to do this. Like, can yes. you tell the listeners like what I'm actually looking at yes, here? I can. So yeah. It's a powerful I, story. It's a powerful yes. story. Yes. So background on me. I have been an athlete since high school. So I played, I grew up playing soccer for 14 years. I fell in love with the game when I was four years old and soccer was my whole life. And then I got injured in high school and tore my meniscus and kind of hung up my cleats after that and Mm. tapped into running. Uh, My parents are like, running is a zero injury sport, so you should be fine with that. (laughs) I I laughed and was like, okay, (laughs) I'm still fast, so that's good. So I did cross country and track. I loved loved it. Did four by four, did relay, did 200, just was a sprinter. And my coach threw me in a long distance and I ended up falling in love with it. And so I just was always about doing something with my body. And I got to college and I was so burnt out from running and sports and all the intensity. And so I kind of wasn't, I wasn't really happy. I mean, after I stopped exercising, I got really bad anxiety from Mm. a lot of different things. And, uh, I was experiencing a ton of spiritual warfare and just where I was transitioning into college. And so, um, a few years later, I mean, Praise God. I prayed a lot about my anxiety and had a lot of friends get me through my anxiety. Zane was a huge factor in helping me get through my anxiety through a lot of prayer and different things. But when I was a sophomore in college, I had, there was this girl that went to my high school and she was graduating from the University of Texas. And on her Instagram, she posted that she had this huge heart to fight against human sex trafficking and she wanted to start this nonprofit organization. And basically she just wanted to get on a bike with two of her really good friends and cycle from Seattle to San Diego to raise awareness about it. And I was like, wow. what the heck? I was like, okay, these girls are literally insane, but that sounds <laughs> so cool. And like, but then in the back of my mind, I was like, there's no way they're going to do that. Like they're crazy. Yeah. And so I, you know, I was really intrigued by what they were doing. So I kept up with it. And they did do it. And then their first year, they raised just three girls. They raised $67,000. And I was just mind blown of like all of the awareness, all of the media attention they were getting. And, you know, two, three years ago, no one really knew what human sex trafficking was. I had an idea of what it was, but it was based on a really biased perception of what the media portrays it to be just from movies like Taken with like Liam Neeson and like just kidnapping is kind of what America associates human sex trafficking with, or they associate it as like an over there issue, not an issue that is happening in the United States. And so I was just like, I'm really curious about like the, like what is human sex trafficking? Like, why are they biking about it? Um, so you're past and they had finished and they had released a, 
uh, interest form. And they were like, after the ride ended, their friends were just kind of asking them, you know, okay, so you did this whole thing. Are, is this the end or are you going to like make, keep this going? Like, are you going to have a new team? Like mm-hmm. what's up? And they were like, uh, <laughs> they were like, we don't know. So they put an interest form out. They ended up getting like over a hundred plus forms, like from girls across the U S they were just wow. mind blown that girls even wanted to do that. Wow. Um, and so it became this, this beautiful thing. And they had all agreed that they wanted to keep pedal the Pacific going. And so, um, a girl, another girl from my high school, the 2018 team, she ended up getting it. And I was like, Oh my God, Maddie is going to pedal the Pacific. And I was just like, this is incredible. Like Savannah did it. And now Maddie's doing it. And I just, I, I mean, Maddie, my friend, she was my youth group leader in high school. Um, and she was just my prayer warrior and prayed over me in so many different ways. Um, and actually ended up going to the university of Arkansas as well. And her and I had reconnected in college um, nice, and nice. she just played a beautiful role in my life. And so I look up to her in so many ways and I, I just, I was like, okay, I'm going to watch Maddie do this. And so I watched her do it. She's literally like five feet tall. Uh, <laughs> had no athleticism experience. And I think that's the beauty in the ride is that like, you don't have to be a cyclist. You don't have to be an athlete. Like you don't, you don't have to have any background in cycling. And, and the mantra is like hilariously unathletic girls cycling down the coast. Like how oh, funny is that? Yes. Uh, <laughs> so she did it. And then I prayed and prayed and prayed about it. And I was like, I want to do this Um, and I'm going to be crazy for doing it. And I was going through a lot and, um, I, my whole life, well, not my whole life, but when I was 12, my mom got diagnosed with, uh, breast cancer, um, which was really hard. And she went into remission when I was 14, uh, lost her hair and went through chemotherapy and all these really intensive treatments. And, I, for the first time in my life, I kind of became the parent for my parent. And I had Mm. to be the bigger sister for my two younger sisters who were really young. Uh, There was a lot of pressure on me as the oldest child and a lot of expectation. And my mom luckily went to remission. And then a year later, my dad got cancer and he got stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer. And I was just like, God, what are you doing? Why are you doing this to me? Why did my mom get cancer? Why does my dad have cancer? Just like, all these whys. And so throughout this, it, you know, went into college, my mom was in remission for six years. And then my dad was still fighting when I was in school. And there was just so much stuff mm. going on at home. And while I was in college and, you know, I just wanted to do something for myself because pedal the Pacific was the first thing that I've ever done for myself, for my mental health. Yeah. And it was something I wanted so badly, but I was so scared to tell people about it. And I was like, I'm not telling anybody that I'm applying for this thing. People are going to think I'm crazy. Uh, so I kept it a secret and, um, I ended up losing my dad in August of 2018. And that, that was just the hardest thing I've ever gone through mm. in my life. Um, mm. grief. And, you know, I'm still going through that right now. Um, mm. but we have, uh, I think that's the beauty in loving and knowing Jesus is like, God is so good, even through loss. And like, I just, I I couldn't grasp the feeling of me losing my best friend in the whole wide world because I was a, and I still am a daddy's girl. My dad was my best friend and he just, him and I, I'm I'm a carbon copy of him to the T. And so after he died, I was like, I I need to find purpose again. I need to do something for myself. I need to do something to honor him. And, um, Later on, I mean, after my dad died, my mom's health tanked and she, her cancer came back and it was just like so many things. And, um, I ended up making the team and I told my mom, <laughs> she was like, are you crazy? <laughs> like, I know I'm crazy. And she gave me the whole corporate America spiel because she flips, she would always flip the switch between mom mode and businesswoman mode. And she was like, your summer needs to be devoted to a marketing internship with like a fortune 500 company. And I was like, but I already did an internship during the school year. So I already got my internship out of the way. And she kind of realized my heart is so big into doing things for others. And she's known that awesome. for a really, really long time. And so 
she always would tell us, you know, my children are my proudest trophies. And so, I mean, what other kid's daughter or what other mom's daughter is going to say that their child biked the coast? So I think it was a bragging right thing for her. Yeah. <laughs> but she took huge pride in it and uh, she was very proud of me. And unfortunately, I lost her in April of this last year in 2019. So she didn't get to see me finish, but I, it was something I fought so hard for. Um, and it was something I wanted so badly. And not only that, just the more I learned about human sex trafficking, I mean, it impacts, it is the number one fastest growing crime in the United States of America. And when you Mm. think about that statistic alone, it's very scary. And to think that it's a billion dollar corporation and that, So many people are profiting off of young children through sexual acts and pornography and child like labor and farm labor and all the different things that are broken down into this awful thing. It really is just soul crushing. And it was something I asked God about for a while of like, why is this a thing? Like, how could ever some, how could somebody ever do something so terrible to somebody else? And caused that pain and suffering. And it, it, it just hurt because I was hurting and I was grieving, but my hurt will never compare to the hurt that these young girls have gone through. And wow. all the money that we raised went, it went toward a, um, a place called the refuge for DMST, which stands for domestic minors, uh, sex trafficked. And, um, it's a holistic healing center for girls ages uh, 12 to 18 years of age, um, who are survivors of this. And I was fortunate enough in December to actually get to meet the girls, which is something I never thought I would be able to do. And, oh my God, just meeting them changed my life. I, I, they just, oh my God, they're so incredible. And they have, they, you know, some of those girls didn't even know if they have been trafficked or not. Um, but the, the things that they have seen, the things that have happened to them, I mean, I, I just, no matter how much pain I was on my bike every day, if it sucked, whether I was biking 20 miles or 60 miles, like, and I hurt, I kept going because I knew that they've gone through so much worse hurting than I could ever have gone through within this time. And I was doing it for them and meeting them and like seeing them and knowing that my team raised like $258,000 in like scholarship monies and other things that they need for their, their place that they call home. Like, wow. It's just, I can't, it's just such an unexplainable feeling. And after I finished my ride, I mean, Oh my God, I crossed and my godmom and my sisters and Zane were standing there. It was just like the best thing ever. Cause I hadn't seen him in 45 days. And oh wow, I, you know, I'm on the road camping, <laughs> sleeping on the floor, oh sleeping goodness. in strangers' houses through host homes that we've had. And when we were lucky enough, parents would ho- donate a hotel room. I mean, it really taught me to not take for granted the things that we have in life, like a bed, a hot shower, fresh yeah. laundry. <laughs> so, <laughs> so bad. And we were just ravenous girls. We were burning like 3,500 to 3,800 calories a day. You just want to all the time. (laughs) It's just crazy. But yeah, it's kind of my journey within that. And after I finished it, now there's a new team and I got to meet the new team um, in Austin back in November. And oh my God, you know, it's growing so, so much. It went from like, 10, it went from three to 10 to 10. Now it's 15 girls. And, um, another girl from my high school, she was inspired by me doing it. Now she's doing it. So it's just this like ongoing chain reaction of love. And I've never known Jesus so much on my ride. And I I think my favorite part of the ride was meeting the people and building those relationships and talking to them about human sex trafficking, even if they didn't know what it was just the power the powerful conversations that we got to have. And Oh my God, I look back and all the people we stayed with, like I have so many connections with those people and I still keep up with them. And I, I got to stay in, uh, uh, one of these host homes with this sweet, sweet couple and their grandson and, um, their grandson, uh, had a lot of trust issues growing up. And, uh, you know, after my ride finished, uh, 
the woman's name is Loretta. She like messaged me on Facebook and was like, you changed our grandson's life. He does not connect with people well. And like, I mean, him and I played freaking badminton in the yard and we're running around with his dog and just having a good time. I miss kids a lot on the ride too. And, um, uh, just warm my heart to know that, you know, me playing badminton in the yard, like meant so much to him. Um, and for the fact that I even got a message like that on Facebook saying like, Nick talks about you all the time. I'm just like, Oh my God, this is so sweet. Um, so the people are so special and you like, Oh my God, my teammates, they're like all my sisters now. Um, and it's just like this, it's like, like, I don't know, like for like, it's like a sisterhood, like yeah. talk about brotherhood and like, you know, your ride or dies. Those girls are literally my <laughs> ride or dies. You're <laughs> like riding literally, on, yeah. yeah. Ride or die. <laughs> ride or die. Like you're riding on the side of the road. If you got to pee, you got to pull over and be on the side <laughs> of the road and you can die and get hit by a car. So and, <laughs> that term is literally so real. <laughs> Um, a shout out to all the ladies who went on yes. that ride. Come shout on, out to all of them. They're th- wherever you guys are, clap your hands for them. Yes, yeah. they're the best. They're the actual best, and they. Oh my god, they're they're incredible. Yeah. Women. Well, well. Oh my goodness! Like, just shout out to you. I'm gonna say uh, Kalindi for president. Oh, what do you guys say? <laughs> no way. I'm hey. Just hey. I'm saying it right now. What's oh the date God. today? February, February something. What? 20, 21st. Kalindi for, for, for president. Wow. That is just, that is just amazing. Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm, I'm looking here and you said you want to be known as the unshakable optimist. And I think you already are like just <sighs> everything that you've, you've, you've gone through. I mean, to be so optimistic, like some people would have already just given up. Yeah. How, how do you continue to stay positive despite hardship? Like where, where does that come from? Oh, that is so hard. I, I mean, I'm going to give an honest answer. Like I think after you lo- like I've lost both my parents and I'm 22 and like my younger sis, my two younger sisters are 18 and my youngest sister is 15. And like when I hear 15, and yeah. that hurts me so hard because her whole life has changed. Both of their lives have changed, but specifically my youngest sister. And oh my God, I just, I, I'm so blessed. And I think something that helped me was after I lost my dad, I, I had the opportunity to go to this um, group counseling called Grief Share. Um, that's run by local churches in the community who have gone people in the area with within where you live, like your zip code, um, have lost people around the same time as you. And so it was for free. It was like an hour once a week. And that program changed my whole perspective of the way I view Jesus and the way mm. I view grief and the way I view loving people. And there's everybody in this world is so broken, but... I think your mindset is a huge factor in how you live Mm. your day-to-day life and seeing families who have gone through similar things in me. Like I had a family, they lost their son to suicide. I had a family that had, I had a woman in my group who lost her husband to cancer. I had another family, their husband was a pastor. He also passed from cancer and they had a younger daughter and she has disabilities. And Oh my God, her and I became so close. And, it was just a group of people who weren't college students that were actual people and adults in all different walks of life. And every week I got to sit down and hear their heart and talk to them. And after that experience of like, Oh, okay, I'm not crazy. You're not crazy. This is just grief and it sucks. And it's this big tangled ball of emotions and you could get triggered at any moment. But, you know, going through the program, something that they focused on was like, you know, God, we're all God's children. We're all brothers Mm. and sisters of Christ. And my parents were God's children before they were my parents. And Mm. so when I heard that, I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But then when they had said, God doesn't take away the things that we need. And I was like, but I need my parents. That doesn't make any sense. But when you break down what are basic needs that human need, like food, shelter, water, the essentials, 
I was like, okay, yeah, like I do need those things, but I need my parents. And then the program and the videos that we had watched, they were like, all brothers and sisters of Christ are gifts from God. And however long you get to experience that gift, that's up to God. That's not up to you. And I heard that and I was like, oh my God. Wow. That's a whole perspective. Like it was like a light bulb had kind of gone off in my head of like, my parents were gifts from God and they were my precious gifts and they were given to me. And I didn't know when that timestamp of my gift was going to expire. And so the fact that I even got to, you know, have my parents for 22 years, like that's a long time. I mean, I wish it was longer, but you know, that's something that's wow. out of my control. And the fact that I, my parents were my sisters and I precious gifts. Like it just, it, it makes me so happy because it's like, those were gifts from God. And like, I want to continue to be a gift from God to other people. And I think when you break down the Bible and you look at all of the people and all of their stories and all the things that Jesus has done in their lives, like you hear it time and time again, Jesus uses broken people. Jesus uses broken people. Yes, Jesus does use broken people. He uses those people to tell their stories and those stories impact other people. And people, when you know Jesus, you people, you're different. You're set apart. And I, oh, come on. I'm just like, you know, it's something I've experienced. People are same question, like how? And I'm like, it's, it's Jesus. Like I, I wake up and I'm so blessed. Like when you lose loved ones, you, your whole experience and your perspective on life itself is different. And so every day I want to wake up knowing that I'm caring and loving for people, that I'm being a light to people, that I am kind to people, like to be mean and to be negative and to think, you know, negatively, that doesn't affect you in a positive way. That's not, that's not sharing, that's not sharing Jesus's love. And I just think about um, the word agape a lot. And that's something Zane and I talk about all the time is just like, when you break down the root of that word, it's unconditional. And my parents had an unconditional loving marriage. And that is something that sticks with the back of my mind. And I want to love people unconditionally. I don't want to love people conditionally. I don't want to have conditional or convenient friendships. Oh, I do this for you. You need to do this for me back. No, it's not how that works. You yeah. love people. You don't expect anything in return. And come on. And when you like, when your time is up, like I, oh my god, I think about it all the time. I'm like, I don't know. I guess when you lose people, you think about heaven a lot, and that's something I think about all the time. And I'm like, I just think about whenever it's my time to go, and I'm face to face with Jesus, and He, I just want Him to look at me and be like, "You did well, my child." And I just want, I like the pat. I want the pat. <laughs> dad pat. Like you did good, my daughter. You're here for eternity. You did what you needed to do. And that that's all the praise that I need. So, you know, to know that to be, to love people and to spread love and to be light, I think it's about doing things that people are going to question and doing things that you're afraid of. I would never have in a million years gotten on a bike and did that, but it was something that scared me. And I, our bodies can be pushed beyond limits. And I, the fact that I was on a bike for seven to eight hours a day with, I mean, yeah. with breaks, not nonstop. I'm not, I'm not the flash or Thor or any of that. I <laughs> wish I was, but with breaks and snacks and cliff bars to the girls listening, God, I don't think I could ever eat a cliff bar again, but thank you cliff bar for sponsoring <laughs> us. Jesus Christ. Um, uh, yeah. they, like, you know, I, I just never thought I could do that. And on top of that, it's even crazier. I forgot to mention this part. So I made the team did the ride, but in the middle of that on Christmas Eve, it was my first, it was our first Christmas without my dad. So, you know, my, it was really hard. And, you know, trying to be lighthearted in our household is a fun, fun ordeal. And we have one of those like Amazon Alexa echo things. Uh And my middle sister was like, Clindy, like, let's dance. I'm like, okay, like, whatever. Like, I love to dance. It's fine. And she was like, Alexa, play Ariana Grande, No Tears Left to Cry. I'm like, okay. So she's dancing. She's like, okay, you copy me. I could be like, okay. And I'm like, okay, like... 
okay, I can dance. Like I can be hip. Like, cool. She's 17 and I'm like 21 still. Like, this is amazing. Like we're young or whatever. Uh And you know, she's, she's popping and locking and moving her arms and I'm doing the same thing. And then (laughs) I go down, come Uh back up and I hear a pop. Uh Oh no. (laughs) I was like, uh, okay. And my mom looked at me and she was like, do you see your knee right now? And I looked down, my knee is so swollen. Like it's so swollen. She's like, Kalindi, I, I, you, she was just, I, I was like, (laughs) mom, I don't, don't tell me. She's like, listen to me. She looked at me and she was like, you need to ice that knee. You better hope it goes down tomorrow. And I was like, okay, I stay. I was walking around, oh it hurt, but I, and she was like, I think you tore your meniscus again. I was like, don't say that. I, I, I have to pedal the Pacific. Like, stop saying that. She was like, child, we met our deductible. You need to go get an MRI. <laughs> I was like, okay, mom, but like, I don't want to. And she was just very persistent. And my, you know, something my mom she'll quoting tangled mother knows best listen to your mother for all the people listening your mom knows you <laughs> if, if it's cold outside you don't want to wear a jacket wear the dang jacket you <laughs> promise you're gonna be cold so there's other things but i went on new year's uh, eve at eight o'clock at night got the mri my orthopedic surgeon was super old school he said he had the film i couldn't find out right away he made me bring the film back and read it to me or whatever and so i went back in january and he looked at me and I was just like, no, I don't want to know what's going <laughs> oh, to come out of your mouth. Oh, and no. Oh, he, no. It was like, you pop, locked, and dropped just enough to damage all the work I did on your same knee four years ago. I was like, you're joking me. You're joking with me, right? And he's like, no, I'm not joking. You're going to need surgery. And uh, he told me that. And I was like, no, like I can rehab this PT. Like I'm not getting surgery. He's like, I think you need surgery. And I was like, I think you want my money. And I was so <laughs> mad. And I remember, I remember going to my car and I, I had to call my mom and tell her. And I, I was so angry. I just remember slamming my hand on the driver's wheel and saying, God, this is not a part of your plan for me. Why? And I, I went silent and I heard God say, you need to shut up. You need to sit back and I'm in control. You're not in control. And boy, was that a reality check. I was like, okay, God, like you've got the wheel. You're in control. I'm not in control. This is not my plan. This is your plan. I call my mom and you know, she was just like, well, that's just it then. Like you're not going to, you just can't bike anymore. And I, <laughs> that's like a mom thing to say. I, was, I nope. know. So supportive. I love you, mom. Um, and I was just like, Oh my God. Okay. And, um, it just sucked. And I called my, my founders and I told them and they were like, Clint, listen to me. If anybody, they're like, you're going to, you can still bike. They were like, get the surgery. Like it's your choice, but like you can do it. And they were like, we had no training. They were like, we trained for like a month and we did it in two months and you're going to do it. And so I was in intensive rehab for three to four times a week, two hours a day, nonstop in the gym with an awesome sports injury clinic rehab person. Her name's Avery. She's amazing. If Avery is listening to this, I love you very much. Um, she, not an athlete, is only for athletes. I told her what I was doing. I told her what I've gone through. She's like, I'm going to get your knee. You're going to pedal. That is awesome. I was that like, awesome. thank you. And every day she knew it was getting closer. It was like March, April. And I was like, when, when, Am I done yet? Am I done yet? When can I get on my bike? When can I get on my bike? She's like, you're not strong enough. You're not ready. You're not ready. I was like, when, but, but I'm biking in June, Avery. And she was like, but I don't care. You have to get your muscles to where they need to be. And I was like, okay. And then finally I got cleared. I literally got cleared. And then the next week I had lost my mom and I was like, what is happening? Like, I, I, God, I persisted. God, I kept going. Like, God, I got through it. And now I lost my mom and now I'm going to have to train for like a month and then I'm going to have to get on my bike. And, you know, when that happened, I had so many people against me saying like, you can't go on this ride. Like you've got to stay back and you've got to be here for your family or 
you are not capable of doing this. Like you just had knee surgery and yeah, you're recovered, but like, what if something happens? And I just, everybody was against me. And Mm. I remember praying in my room and I was like, God, if this is in your will and I am not supposed to go, I will not go. But if this Mm. is in your will and you want me to go, I will go. Please, please, please give me a sign. (laughs) And I remember sitting on the couch. It was like a few days later. My mom had passed. There's just so many things going on. I was so unreal. I was like, oh my God, I'm the person in charge now. What is happening? And I was so overwhelmed. And my middle sister and I have a really special relationship. She's she always is like the play it cool kind of girl, and she's oh my she will be president, not me. That's she's called this <laughs> on that. I'm gonna let her have it. But she sat down with me on the couch and was like, "Cal, I want you to go on this bike ride." And I oh, was like, "That's sweet." But I know I need to stay back. And she was like you've sacrificed so much of your life for us. Like do this for yourself. And my little sister looked back and she just nodded her head. And then my other, my God, mom starts crying. Cause she's so, she's like an <laughs> actor. She can cue the tears when she wants to. She was like, that's so beautiful. And I was Hallmark just, moment. Yes, it was a Hallmark moment for sure. Um, but I was so at peace when they told me that because they're, they're my girls. Like those are my girls. Like they're my family. Like I will fight, serve, protect, like do all anything and everything for them. So like, if they want me to stay back, I'll stay back. And, you know, um, they wanted me to go and I was just like, okay, um, I'm going to go. And they, they supported me. And, um, it was just so beautiful to, you know, cross the line and see them. And my sister told me like the first thing that she told me, Krishma looked at me and she was like, Cal, you look so happy. You look happier. You look, you look peaceful. And I had so much like, you know, it was just a journey. Like I had time. I had seven to eight hours a day to think about whatever I wanted to on my bike. And I had a lot of time to reflect and a lot of time to grieve on my bike. So if there were days where I didn't want to think about anything, I just put on music and go. If I wanted to hear words of wisdom, I'd listen to a podcast like this one. And or <laughs> if I was feeling ball- ballsy, I would put on murder podcasts, which is not a good idea. Um, I'd be like, Great. I'm going to get killed or shot on the side of the road because I'm a girl on a bicycle and I have no That's protection. So um, <laughs> yeah. And then that same over the summer, Stranger Things came out and we, me, <laughs> and I would be watching Stranger Things in pitch black dark in the middle of nowhere in a tent. And we we're like, great. The Demogorgon's going to come and eat us all. It's fine. <laughs> That's so um, but you know, she, my sister, she just, she just was so great through the, both my sisters were, but she, I just crossing in her telling me that. And it, it was, I was just so at peace after everything finished. And, um, you know, I'm at peace. I'm at peace with, you know, both my parents not being here anymore. And I'm not saying wow. that I still don't grieve because I do, I miss them every single day, but I'm not, I'm not sad anymore. Like I live for them. And I remember my other godmom, who's literally, if I could tattoo defender for the children across her butt, I would because that's <laughs> what she is. And she's just been our defender since I came out of the womb. Legit. Come on. That's um, awesome. And she is just, she is the definition of what a servant hearted woman looks like, um, in the Bible. And she's just the most persistent, prayerful, dutiful woman. And her and my God, and mom both never had kids. So the joke is like, I didn't want kids, God, but here I am because they're like, <laughs> <laughs> like our second moms, like making sure we're okay and checking in on us all the time. But, um, she was just a constant reminder for me to keep going and, doing all the things that um, I need to do. And anytime I felt like going off track, she would put me right back on track and just that is amazing. She's just, uh, she's an incredible woman, but she is what gets me through when I wake up in the morning and she's the one that always is reminding me like, um, <laughs> Oh God, she's like uh, such a biblical thing, but it's so great. She always says this too shall pass. 
And I love that so much because it's played such an integral role in all of my journey with losing my parents and my bike ride and all these other things I've gone through with my anxiety. And just that phrase, I I hear it. And whenever I feel stuck, I just hear her. She has a very like... If she could be the female Morgan Freeman, that's what she would be. be Female (laughs) God in movies. And so she just has a very like soothing, empowering voice. So she's just always like, this too shall pass. And I'm like, yes. I'm like, okay. (laughs) So good. Yes, she's the best. So I, that to answer your question, it was very long, but (laughs) no, man, (laughs) that's that's so good. Yeah, that, that's that's so good. Wow, I, I'm just taken back by by you and just by the joy and and just how you're so optimistic. And all I can say is Jesus. You know, it's just like Jesus. Thank you, thank you for for being in Cal's life and and being and Holy Spirit. Thank you for for comforting that family even now through these times. What would you say to you know a girl who's listening who? who doesn't have Jesus that could be so like, Oh, just you find it in Jesus. But what do you say to that one who, who's heard of Jesus her whole life, but really just never understood him, but is in so much pain. Like if you had, if you had just this last, you know, four minutes or whatever, just to a minute, just to say like, what would you say to someone who is just, who is like near the end? Like she just doesn't want to live anymore or guy or guy who's out there. What would you say to them? Mm, I've been there. Um, I've been there. Like when um, it gets hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is a really, really good question. I, I mean, yeah, that was my first response. I have been there. My, right when I lost my mom or not when I lost my mom, right after my mom was done and then my dad got cancer, that was just, uh, it was just the, I thought I was done. I really did. I thought I was done. And I, I remember, um, God, I remember I've spent a lot of my time in hospitals and um, being with my parents from them being hospitalized for different things. And I remember my dad, he was getting some of his first chemo treatment and one of the nurses gave him too much and he had an allergic reaction. And I've never seen my dad like, oh my God, he was screaming. And I I thought I was going to lose my dad right then and there. And me and God were not in a good place at that time. And I, my back was against him. And I, I give the metaphor, oh, I love C.S. Lewis. He, he talks about um, a house and how all of a, a house functions as different parts of God. And for me, my house wasn't, I wasn't in the house of God. I was out. I were, no, I was inside a house, but it was not the house of God. And I had locked Jesus outside in the backyard and I was not letting him in my house. That was not Mm. his. And I, I just, I give the metaphor. It's like, you know, if you put your dogs outside and they're giving you pouty eyes, you know, I could see Jesus outside and I could see him knocking like child. If you could just let me in, please let me in, please, please, please let me in. Like, please let me show you how much I can love you. And I'm, I will always love you and be here through this time. If you could just let me in. I was just like, no, you can sit outside. I'm not letting mm. you in. I don't want mm. you. You have not done anything for me. How dare you do all these things? Like I'm not letting you in my house. And I just remember sitting on that bed, seeing my dad screaming, thinking I'm going to lose my dad because the nurses gave him too much of his chemo. And it was just a moment where I surrendered and was like, God, if you're real, if you're real, make this stop, please make this stop. And I remember I put my hand on my dad's hand and I had my head down and I was like, God, if you're real, like I will give my whole life to you, please, 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 please make this stop. I was 16. And I was like, I will let you in my house. I will let you in my house, please. And it's not my house. It's your house. If you're real, like, please. And within 15 minutes, his drips calmed and they were like, he's going to be okay. And wow. I, I looked up and that's when I fully accepted Christ in my heart, but I was shaking and my dad, you know, was finally getting back. And I was like, okay, you're real. I, this sucks. I'm going to let you in my house. It's not going to be my house anymore. It's going to be your house. 
And I'm wow. going to do whatever you tell me I need to do because I'm in the lowest of lows and I know you can pick me up and I'm, I'm trusting you. And it's just like, I don't know, in real life, when you meet someone, you're, the person's kind of shady. I was like, I don't know about you, Jesus. You're kind of shady. Like one minute <laughs> you're doing all these great things for me. And the next minute I'm going through all this stuff. Like, mm, do I really no. want to trust you? Are you really going to lead me down the rainbow yellow brick, brick road? I don't know. Quoting <laughs> Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. <laughs> but I was like, I don't know. You're kind of shady. And I I was just like, okay, God, you're, you're, I'll follow you. And you know, that was the turning point for me. And after that moment, I mean, I gave my life to Christ and wow. I, I got baptized my senior year, um, in 2016, May 28th of 2016, I got baptized with my sisters, with my parents. And that was just such a beautiful moment. But I, I would say if you don't know God and you know, you know of him and you want to, you, maybe you do, or you don't want to get to know him. Like he has so much in store for you. You just have to take his hand and let him lead you. And that's such a hard thing to do to be vulnerable because I feel like as humans, we don't have, it's very hard to display vulnerability. And I think that's something this new generation, this Gen Z generation, the millennial generation are very, very good at of like telling the other people who are ahead of us, like stop building up your walls. Like let God break down your walls. Like stop, like, just stop, like be vulnerable yeah. and, and talk about, you know, the things that hurt you, you know, build community with people and, you know, find a friend, find someone that you do trust and let them in and, you know, make sure you ask them, you know, Hey, can I, can I tell you what's going on? Can I entrust you with this? Like, do you have the capacity to even listen to what I'm about to say? Because a lot of people appreciate that. Sometimes, sometimes we even dump on people and they're going through stuff and they can't take on what you're going through because they're going through stuff of their own. And, you know, I feel like once you yeah. find a good friend and, you know, have fellowship with people and, you know, get to know God a little bit more, like he, he'll change your life and he'll change your life. And like, the, this is a so cliche, but like God never fails us. Like everything that he does in your life is for a purpose and for a reason. And for me, like, yeah, I lost my parents. Yeah, I went like, that's the hugest loss I've ever experienced in my life. And it sucks. But like, God never fails. And like, yeah, I don't have parents. And like, uh, I can't believe I'm going to say this. But like, I going back and reading the Bible and like, seeing in scripture, God saying like, like, I love the orphans. I'm like, what? I'm an orphan. Like what? I don't even like using that term. But I was like, mm. God is with me all the time. And like, I'm alone, but I'm not alone. Like I have community. I have friends. I have people who love me so, so much. And like, you don't need to feel, even when you feel so alone, God's going to hold you because you're his child. He's going to wrap your arms around you. There were nights where I cried myself to sleep and I just Mm. prayed so hard. I think, oh man, you're a new believer. You're wanting to know God more. Go to the book of Proverbs and Psalms. Like there's just so much (laughs) wisdom within that of like people pleading out to God, like how much they're hurting and breaking and, you know, uh, you know, David just being David. (laughs) (laughs) And like you, like reading those scriptures will just like fulfill your soul. And you're like, okay, you know, if I weep, Jesus weeps and he gets me because he's been human before. And I think that's like my favorite thing when I am grieving extra hard too, is like, there's a scripture when Lazarus died and Mary or Jesus is meeting Mary and Martha again, you know, that it's Jesus wept, Jesus wept, bro. Jesus cried. Like, it yeah. Jesus, cr- Jesus shed a tear. It says wept. Like when you weep, like you can't feel your heart. You like, you curl up into a ball and you're like sobbing. Like if you, if you ever feel like you're so sad and, and no one gets it, Jesus gets it. He gets it. Um, and he'll be your defender and your protector for as long as you live. So that's my <laughs> answer to that. Well, that, that is, uh, that is, a, I just, I'm just smiling this, this whole time. And I'm just thinking about every, like, you just have, <laughs> I could just, just hear the Holy Spirit speaking through you and man, I, I'm just taken back. 
Jesus is this is why we need more women preachers. You know what I'm saying? Because ah, that would be so <laughs> cool. I could not agree more. <laughs> for the men out there too, if you guys are listening, uh, you know, be vulnerable. But but I hear I'm gonna run down your bio real quick. We're already at 50 minutes, and we're definitely gonna have you on the show for a part two. Favorite sports team is the Dallas Cowboys. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, yeah. we know boys. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, your three hobbies, cycling, riding, and painting, three things on your bucket list, skydiving. I will not do that. Go to Thailand. I would do that. And working at an elephant sanctuary. Oh, and go surfing in Hawaii. Well, cool. Well, um, let us know when you, when you get all those done. <laughs> It'll be a while. <laughs> be a while. But, uh, but no, thank you so much, Cal. Thank you so much for being on. And uh, I just can't wait to have you back on the show um, before we get out of here, and I hate to cut this short because I feel like there's, there's just so much more you need to say to the world and to the listeners. Um, but that being said, I mean, where, where can they find you? Where can the listeners find you? Do you have a website? Do you have Instagram? Do you have Facebook? Cause you're doing so many good things and we want to, we want to continue on this journey following you in your life. And, uh, we want to be here to pray for you. So where can we do that? Oh, I love it. Thank you for having me. This has been so fun. I'm on all of the socials. Um, I don't want to say unfortunately, but I am. So I'm on Instagram. My uh, username is Cal underscore is your underscore pal. So it's Cal is your pal with underscores between each word. Um, and Facebook, it's my first and last name, Kalindi Cordero. I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. That's fun. Um, for all of the LinkedIn people out there, connect me. I'm trying to get to 500 plus connections. <laughs> That's such a college <laughs> stigma. And well, I'll, like, I'll, oh I'll my connect God. with you. Yes. So <laughs> LinkedIn, <laughs> putting that out there. But yeah, all of the socials. Um, email too. If you feel like you, oh gosh, I had a hiccup. Feel like sharing your story. Um, my email is kalindi.cordero at gmail.com. So um, feel free to email or say anything. I love, I love, love talking to people and getting to connect with people and building relationships. That's like my favorite thing. If I could be an adult cheerleader for people in their jobs, uh, that would be my profession for the rest of my life. So I want to hear your stories. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Kalindi Cordero. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much guys for listening. Have a great day. Kalindi. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And done. Let's stop the recording. Dude, that was so good. That was so good. (laughs) That will conclude this evening's entertainment.